And so like we're, we're grappling each other and all this shit and finally I get him in a headlock and I knew it was over from there but when I got him in a headlock his friends were hitting me in the side of the head and I didn't know what to do to stop it. So any guy here knows when you got someone in a headlock there's only one thing you can do fucking DDT him, right? <laughs> now those of you who aren't wrestling fans the DDT is you have someone in a headlock and you land in a way in which their skull's gonna get fucked up, you know? In pro wrestling, they know how to land. He wasn't, like, he didn't know that's the move I was going to do. I didn't go, DDT, let's fucking make it happen. <laughs> also, I failed to mention, at this point, a crowd had formed. So when I hit the DDT, everybody was like, oh! But then they were adults who realized, oh, that was a horrible thing to do to another person. <laughs> Welcome to the Blackout Diaries, a show where stand-up comics plus everyday people tell true drinking stories. <laughs> Each week at the Blackout Diaries, we're going to have a tale of a night that got away. And this week, we're going to focus on fights, drunken fights, of course. And uh, <laughs> We have uh, Joe Kilgallen, perfect guest for that, who has a great fighting story. The Irish Rose himself, who's always getting in, uh, he's talking about getting uh, oh, he's, he's getting into a lot of tight corners, tight shaves, you know. <laughs> and you see, and he, and like he says, he doesn't start them, but he certainly does escalate them. <laughs> we'll talk about later on the science of fighting. Why you? Uh, why we? Why people tend to fight more when they on alcohol? Why it makes them more mm -hmm. aggressive? It's not always exactly what you think. And um, fights that you don't even know are in. And we have uh, with me the creator. Of Blackout Diaries, Sean Flannery, you are perfect for this, that because you have you always have the coordination of a drunk fighter and the feelings of some like you know where where it's like it's, they always I say don't feel pain. You don't feel like I, pain. I, on paper. I'd be good at it, maybe in some ways. Right, and that's why they say it's always dangerous to fight. You know, drunk because they don't they don't feel pain. Their punches are always wild. You don't know where what's going on over there. It's kind of like playing uh, cards with a drunk person. You don't know what they're going to do. They could do it. They're bound to do anything. And they have no sensibility and no uh, <laughs> no logic to them. Yeah. Uh, luckily, we've never tested it. Uh, I've never been in a bar fate. Uh, unlike Joe, I am very good at de-escalation. Mm -hmm. uh, that's my forte. <laughs> Alongside me is C.J. Sullivan, uh, who uh, is a great co-host on this topic because you know a lot of people won't remember they were in a bar fight. Mm -hmm. Maybe they blacked out. They don't recall. You're one of the few people who never knew you were in it while it was actively happening. That's true. Yeah, a lot of times I've been in uh, fights where I'd... One time I was at the... At, at after hours at 7.10, this was pre-Galway Bay, you know, and the guy punched me, and when I was just sitting at the bar, and I was like, whoa! He was like, damn, like... And then he, then he left, like, did that guy just hit me? Why did he hit me? He's like, oh, he was just having a good time. We were just having a good time together. Oh, all right. I guess so. I guess the guy just hit me. And then he was gone. Like, I had no idea why or anything. Just just enjoying ourselves. You just seemed like a good guy to hit. 
People like hitting me because I'm bigger, like like after shows and too. Like they're not like hitting me, but like you I've know, I've seen they, that with you. Yeah, they'll like, yeah. slap your back. You're funny, yeah. you know, whatever. And they just whack and so I'm like, stop assaulting me, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> They just feel like they can hit you because if you're bigger or whatever, like, get in here. What are you? Oh, shut up. What are you little, you know. <laughs> but these are uh, actual bar fights that, um, and Joe Kilgallen, of course, one of our favorite guests, of course. And uh, I was actually there for this night for this story. So uh, without further ado, let's uh, open up another chapter in the Blackout Diaries and hear from Joe Kilgallen. <laughs> Yeah, you guys are awesome. Keep it going for Sean Flannery, your host. Sean was uh, talking about hangovers. And Jonah, yeah, Jonah does it. Jonah, they're both really good friends of mine. I actually, the last time I drank with Sean, uh, me and another comedian were coming from a show we did in Bolingbrook, Illinois. And yeah, Bolingbrook. Sean was drinking at a bar in Forest Park. Uh, they got this big strip on uh, Madison Street there. And right when I walked into the bar, Sean had been drinking since noon. Literally, I just drove 40 minutes from Bolingbrook to Forest Park. Walk in, it's freezing out, I've got a big coat on. And he goes, he'll do it, kill Gallon, punch that fucking thing. And I, I literally just walked in. I didn't know what he was talking about. Like, punch who, punch what? And it was one of those video game things. You ever see this where it's like a boxing pad and you punch it, it tells you how hard you punch it? And I felt challenged, even though, like, before I opened the door, I was like, my back hurts, that drive fucking took a lot out of me. I'm getting old now, I got two kids, this sucks. 37 blows, right, I was doing all that. And then he's like, you gotta fucking do it. I was telling him how tough you are. This guy's born and raised in Chicago. And I'm like, I'll fucking hit it, you know. And I missed it, I fucking missed it. I literally fucking wound up and like hit like the back of the thing and dented my hand. Um, you know, you, gotta, you can't back down from a challenge, right? Yeah, Jonah doesn't get hangovers, which hurts me because I, I get the worst, the worst hangovers. Jonah, I don't know if you mentioned this during your set, but he uh, moved into a new place over the pandemic, beautiful spot. And uh, this is like kind of like when stuff was still kind of locked down. So he's like, hey, you guys come on over. It's like a mini house warming. There'll be like six of us. And, I, I, you know, I'd been cooped up and I, I needed to drink. And I uh, threw up all over his house. All over. All over. And, uh, I, and to the point where I was, I, I got to his house at 8 p.m. on a Friday night and left at 8 p.m. on a Saturday night because I couldn't move. I just couldn't. <laughs> You know, I have a wife and two kids, and they kept going, are you going to come back to us? Uh, I can't move. I can't go anywhere. I, I took all the showers. I did every trick I could think of, and I just, I couldn't do anything. And I don't remember this, but Jonah told me the next day, he goes, dude, you blacked out on the floor. You were sleeping on just, he, he had no furniture, and they just moved in. So just like concrete floor, basically. And... He goes, at one point, you got up, and we're thinking, oh, he's going to rally, and you would have looked like, where the fuck's the bathroom? And I, you, Jonah just pointed, didn't even say, just went like that. And I ran toward the bathroom, and I, because I'm a gentleman, as I ran in, I went to shut the door behind me. But the door didn't. It hit the frame and opened back up. And Jonah sees me open up the toilet lid, being like, oh, thank God, he's going to make it. The toilet lid, though, I went too hard, and it came back down, and I threw up all over a closed toilet seat, just all over and then they moved me to a couch, which, but here's where I'm a good guy. I puked off the couch away from the couch. <laughs> Fun fact, he's getting a new couch. I'm gonna own that couch. He's giving me the couch for free, which is nice, which makes me think maybe I did puke on it and he didn't want to tell me he's a good guy like that. Uh, and he cleaned it all up the next day. Didn't give me a hard time. That's a real friend right there. Jonah Jerkins, everyone. A good man. Yeah. You know, if you weren't in a relationship, this would have been a nice little way to get late tonight for you, I feel like. Right? 
Like, I'm, any single woman here thinking, like, that's the guy I want to fuck, right? <laughs> guy who you throw off, no big deal. He handles it. But no, I always get the, I get the worst hangovers. And I, like I was saying, I was trying all the tricks I could at Jonah's. I have learned, though, I finally, here's the thing with hangovers, though. What, whatever the hangover cure you have, that's specific to you. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't work for other people. That's what's annoying about it. What's annoying about hangovers in particular, though, is when you announce that you have a hangover, everyone around you becomes a fucking doctor. <laughs> and they have all their little remedies. There are two things in life that are like that. Hangovers and the hiccups. <laughs> you get those two things, everyone's like, here's what you do, right now. Dude, you got the hiccups? I grew up with a bunch of fucking meathead Chicago idiots and... Bro, you got the hiccups? Here's what you do. You do a handstand, you jerk off at the same time. That's what you do. You let me know when you're gonna come, I'll go boo, we'll scare my eyes. Dude, it works. But yeah, but like with hang, like, you have an amazing laugh by the way, I love you. Uh, what, but what works for some doesn't work for everybody. I got some friends like, you got a hangover? Dude, you go get some McDonald's. That grease will knock it right out of you. I'm like, dude, I will shit my thighs. I'm not. That game doesn't work for me. Other friends are a little tougher. Advil and Gatorade, you little bitch. Do that. Yeah. Again, does, does not help at all. Uh, so after decades, I finally have kind of figured it out. Here's what works the best for me. Here's what I do. I have a really rough night of drinking. And you know when you wake up, before you even fully wake up, you know that there is trouble on the horizon. Right? You ever have that? Like, you wake up. I like to open up one eye first. I open up one eye. I look around the room like an angry pirate, just like... Ugh. Then I open up both eyes, and then the room kind of comes together. I'm like, ooh, I know where I am. This is a good start. I'm familiar with my surroundings. But then as soon as you lift your head up off that pillow, you lift that head up like two inches, you get that bam, that fucking pain in your frontal lobe, that ah, uh, that horrible hangover headache, just uh, right there. And as soon as I feel that pain, here's what I do. I lie there for another eight, eight and a half hours. I ignore all responsibility that I have. And then by 9, 9.30 at night, I have an ice cream sandwich, and I get back out there and I do it all over again. That's the real hair of the dog. That's how you beat it. So you, you try that when you're in your time of need. Hopefully that works for you. Thank you. Thank you. I love hearing Flannery talk about drinking because even though he's been in Chicago for like 20 years, he still has that outsider's perspective a little bit. And when you grow up, how many people here grew up in Chicago? Just, all right, a handful of us, right? Yeah, cool, nice, nice. We don't know we're alcoholics until we talk to people who aren't from here. I remember I met people and they were like, you Chicago people are insane. I'm like, what, what do you mean? Like, you guys drink a lot. I'm like, is it, isn't it like this everywhere? You guys just don't, you, you don't, it's that 71 day and 12 the next day and you want to fucking just die? You don't have that? You guys just don't drink for, that's a hard reality to come across, you know? And I actually did, I got the most perspective when I moved to Los Angeles. Now, the story I'm gonna tell you guys is before I moved to Los Angeles, I lived there from 2014 to 2017. I moved there February of 2014. So that last like week, end of January, I was trying to Chicago it up as much as possible because I'm like, I'm gonna miss my home. I wanna do as many Chicago things as I possibly could. And I just gotten married, I was only married for about a few months at this point. And uh, so yeah, I did all the Chicago things you could do. I was eating Italian beef like every day. I was complaining about murders that happened nowhere near my house. Like, you know, I was, Chicago shit, right? Like, just, you know, all these old white guys going, I'll tell you what, if there's another murder 18 miles south of here, I'm gonna move, I'm gonna move to the suburbs. That's what I'm gonna do. 
It's like, are you gonna move the five blocks into Evanston? Is that what you're gonna do? That's what's gonna happen? Oh yeah, you know, gangbangers don't like crossing into the suburbs. I'm fine, I'll get fucking idiots. These same people, like, you gotta live your life. Don't let COVID scare you every time there's a carjacking. I gotta move to Wisconsin. I can't, I can't, can't do anything. So, uh, so I was, I was doing too much though. And one of the last things I was doing was starting a fight at a 4 a.m. bar. Cause that's what you want to do before you say goodbye to your home. And, and again, look, I've been, I've been into a lot of fights in my life, but I'm never the guy that starts the fight. I swear to God, I'm never the guy that starts the fight. I'm always the guy that's like, what the fuck did you say to my friend? Like, you know, I'm like that. <laughs> I'm that piece of shit, right? And, and by my friend, I'm like, dude, we talked to TouchTunes Machine for like 20 minutes. This is my best friend ever. You have no idea how much I love this guy. You treat him well, you know? And what happened this night was I was there with a couple buddies, and we were at this bar called Yahtzee's that was on diversity. I said was because it's since closed, and that was one of the things I said to them as I was getting kicked out. I go, I'll have you closed within a year. And I was like 18 months off, but I was close. Um, now, it wasn't even that bar's fault. This was a 4 a.m. bar. We'd been drinking all day long. And it was a Saturday night. It was the end of January of 2014. And I was there with a couple friends. And at one point, my one friend was talking up this girl. And Yahtzee said free popcorn. That was like one of the nice things about this bar. And I remember them talking about the popcorn machine. And he had something, looked like they were hitting it off. I remember being like, yeah, you know, I was like that. I was a happy drunk at that moment. I'm like, look at my friend over there. Look at him. I'm gonna miss that guy. Look at him talking up women. He's, he's gonna have a good time with her. I hope you know. I was just I was in a fun mood. And then like later in the night, like an hour later, after doing shots and drinking and yelling and having a good time, I, I noticed that she wasn't really part of our group anymore. But she was back at the popcorn machine. And I said to my buddy, my buddy's name was TC. I was like, hey, TC. He's like, I know we're still I was talking to her, but you know, she's got a group of friends over there. I'm like, oh, okay. And then she, she's got like fucking six things of popcorn. Too much popcorn, I thought. <laughs> and I was like, hey, hey, where you going, popcorn hog? You know? And she's like walking away. And she even kind of looked back at me and smiled. Like, oh, yeah. And I was like, hey, you better, you better watch the popcorn. You know, I was like the popcorn police at that point. And for whatever reason, one of the guys in her little crew that she was going back to just is staring daggers at me. He's giving me the hardest looks. And again, I'm not one to shy away from confrontation. So I was like, I kind of looked at him. I didn't even say anything, I just gave him one of these. Which is the verbal and, and. And then he goes, you're being a little loud over there, guy. To which I responded with, I'll fucking kill you. I literally just said, I'll fucking kill you. And then he stepped up and I was like, oh, it's fucking happening now. And then some people separated some shit and I was just like, you're fucking running all this shit. And for whatever reason, the bartender was like, you, you're fucking out of here. I'm like, I'm fucking out of here. And another bartender starts to escort me. And in my brain, I'm like, dude, you're never going to this place again. You're fucking moving like in four days. And so that was my brain's green light to be like, let's knock that table over. Let's fucking knock that down. Fuck all this shit. Fuck that, right? Oh, the touch tunes machine? Boom! I fucking hit that. I'm like, that's what you get for the play now option. Yeah, I want to hear Huey Lewis in the news 45 fucking minutes ago, right? And what, all these people put in extra money? That's fucking garbage. Fuck this play. Right, I was blaming everything that wasn't even their fault, you know? And uh, so I get pushed outside. It was close to closing anyway, but my friends came out and they're just shaking their head laughing at me. And I was like, all right. And they're like, well, should we get an Uber? And I'm like, mm, I think we should wait a little bit. And they're like, why? And I'm like, those dudes are eventually gonna have to come outside. Uh, and they're looking at me like, are you out of your fucking mind? Dude, come on, man, let's go. And the re main reason they wanted to go was because 
This was late January of 2014. Some of you might remember, that was the first polar vortex. It was currently minus 27 outside. There was a couple feet of snow on the ground that had just turned into ice. It was just all ice. You know I mean? Everyone walking out was like this, you know? So we're all like... And I'm like, I just wanna see, I just wanna see. You know, they're like, get the fuck out of here. But we didn't have to wait long. It was like three or four minutes. That group of people, and more than I thought, it was like six guys, we had three. And, but in my brain, I'm like, we're, we're the three toughest men ever. We don't know these six, they don't know us. I'm a big, I'm a weird dude. I'm one of those guys that's like, they don't know me. They don't know me. You know how they always say, hey, don't fuck with people in traffic? Like they always say, road rage, you gotta be careful. You don't know the person in the other car. I always go, they don't fucking know me. I'm gonna fuck with this car. Like I'm that insane person. And they came out, but the thing was, I didn't wear gloves, so I was already like fucking bundled. I was like putting my pockets and he finally came out like right when we were about to start to like leave. And he came out and I'm like, oh, I got more shit to say? First of all, here's what I learned. Jonah did drunk hacks. Here's just life hacks in general. Don't talk shit when you have your hands deep in your pockets. Because I'll give this dude credit. When I said, oh, here to talk more shit, he didn't say anything. He just went full strong push. He gave me a good two-handed push. And there was like a fucking bus bench that I flipped over when I went by. And I'm in the ground. But I got loyal friends. And when I like look up when I'm in all this slush, my one friend just fucking popped him. And then it's a brawl. I'm like, oh, fuck, we got to go. Because like there's now six on two. So I start like high-stepping through all the fucking snow to get to them, you know? And I finally do, I grab the main guy, you know, I'm starting to swing at him, we're getting some punches in. But the thing was, it was so much ice that we're just like slipping, we're like Luigi in every fucking ice world in Mario Brothers, just fucking, you know, your feet are going that way. And at one point, while I swung at him, I like my pinky knuckle grazed his lip and I fell into his arms like a damsel in distress. <laughs> and we held each other for a split second there and I looked at him and I'm like, are you almost 30? Why are we doing this? Why are we fighting? Also, this was the longest fight ever. Most street fights are 45 seconds tops. We were like in the second round, right? We're all like, is someone gonna give us water and spray some shit on us? Like, I'm like, and so like, we're, we're grappling each other and all this shit. And finally I get him in a headlock and I knew it was over from there. But when I got him in a headlock, his friends were hitting me in the side of the head and I didn't know what to do to stop it. So any guy here knows when you got someone in a headlock, there's only one thing you can do, fucking DDT him, right? <laughs> Now, those of you who aren't wrestling fans, the DDT is you have someone in a headlock and you land in a way in which their skull's gonna get fucked up, you know? In pro wrestling, they know how to land. He wasn't, like, he didn't know that's the move I was gonna do. I didn't go, DDT, let's fucking make it happen. Also, I failed to mention, at this point, a crowd had formed. So when I hit the DDT, everybody was like, oh! But then they were adults who realized oh, that was a horrible thing to do to another person. <laughs> so all their O's went from, oh, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Shit, you could have killed him. What's wrong? And I was starting to get kicked a little because I hit him on the ground. It was, I was a bad, I was, I was on guard, you know? And I rolled him over and he had blood going down. I'm like, fucking that, I win, right? Because I'm not bleeding, he's bleeding. I automatically win. Luckily, they like people broke it up finally and he still wanted to go at me. He's bleeding and all this. And I did this move where I'm like, hey, you got some shots and I got some shots and it's over. Which is code for, I won and I'm tired. Can we stop? <laughs> I kind of won this one, right? They finally disperse. I then realize, I look at my hand. Now I mentioned I just got married. I was a few months in. My ring is off my finger. And I'm like, where the fuck is my wedding ring? Now, most men, they spend like 
$100 tops in their wedding ring. This one was made in Ireland. I wanted to go big because I was never a jewelry guy. I'm like, if it's expensive, I'll take care of it. Not true. Uh, it was like a $700 ring. You know, the Kalata thing around the band. It was real cool. If you guys know like Irish culture, like it was awesome. Couldn't find it at all. And by the way, the replacement, this one, which is actually the third one. I can't tell you the second ring story, how I lost that. But this was $6 on like, uh, what's that website where you order Jordans, but they're not Jordans? Like a Wish. It was six bucks on Wish, right? Yeah. And uh, there you go. All right. And so here's the thing. I, we were looking, but it was minus 30. And everyone's like, dude, we'll come back in the morning and look. In the morning, I post on Facebook, does anyone have a metal detector? Now, I'm only mentioning this part because Sean Flannery's wife commented, I should be friends with your wife so we could talk about this shit. Like, she wanted to start a support group for drunk fucking comedian spouses or something like that. I go back there in the morning. I just had a shovel. I'm looking through. I spent an hour looking. And I'm just like, this sucks. Someone at Yahtzee's, the bar, came out. Because he's probably thinking, what's this guy shoveling around? And he looked at me. He goes, oh, you're the guy that started the fight last night, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was me. He goes, all right. Just so you know, you're banned from this bar for life. And I was like, you think I give a fuck about being banned from this piece of shit bar? Are you, are you kidding me right now? I'm moving soon. Also, by the way, can you ban me for fighting outside of your bar? I don't think you can. I don't think you have jurisdiction over that, all right? And I said to him, I go, just so you know, any fight I get into in the future is going to take place in front of your fucking bar. I don't care where I am in vicinity to your bar. I'm going to talk to some dude and be like, you want to take this shit outside? By outside, I mean six miles east of here. I'll pay for the Uber. I'm fucking crazy like that. Let's go. Never did find the ring. I did have to wake up my wife that morning. By the way, my wife is a nurse. Uh, been working on the COVID floor the entire time. Wear a mask, wash your hands, everyone. Numbers are going up. But uh, I remember when I had to wake up my wife when I finally came home at like six in the morning, her alarm was set to go off soon. You never want to wake up someone before their alarm does. But I had to wake her up and tell her, hey babe, uh, I just wanted to let you know. Got into a little scrape last night. You know that thing that was blessed by a priest and from all of our families and friends? It's probably in a gutter somewhere, not sure. But I'm gonna stay up playing video games, probably have a concussion, don't want to die in the middle of the night. You know what I'm saying? Um, Packed you a brown paper bag, lunch, love you, Mwah, bye. Like, that was how that ended. Um, but luckily, she knows who she married, and she was cool with it. You guys were a lot of fun tonight. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, we're back at the Blackout Diaries. Back out at the Blackout Diaries with Joe Kilgallen, who just told the Irish, the Irish Rose Joe Kilgallen is with us who just told an amazing story that I was actually a part of for a little bit, not for the, uh, for the end of it there, the uh, brouhaha. Everyone was a you part of early. the story for at you least abandoned two minutes. Me. This was, yeah, Joe yeah. Joe jo, 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 like talking about that, like I skated or something from a fight, like, <laughs> like, a, friend in, like a friend in need, and I was afraid of this fight. Now, we, like, he acts like we walked, first of all, let me, welcome Joe Kogallon. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> friend of the podcast, love it. Great Chicago comedian. He acts like he just walked out of the bar and then that's it, the fight happened. No, he waited outside for like fucking 45 minutes in freezing polar vortex weather. I lived right down the street. I'm like, yeah, I'm not hanging out here for, yeah. for another hour to wait for these idiots to come outside. You were I'm the smartest home. one. It was there was medical advice. There was weather advisories not to be outside for more yeah, than those, twenty those minutes. Those weather those weather advisories don't take into how much anger heats up your body. <laughs> oh, adrenaline! Because <laughs> they do say that. Remember when the polar vortex was coming? They would be like, "Be careful! You cannot be exposed. Like skin cannot be exposed for All more right. than fifteen minutes." You were out there with no gloves. <laughs> 
in a leather coat. Weren't you just wearing a yeah, leather coat? Fight, fighting I'm, Irish logo. <laughs> that was wearing a leather coat with like a hoodie underneath. That was like a. Oh <laughs> my God. Real boondocks fucking. Uh, yeah. I'll admit it. Style. It was amazing. I should have had a rosary. Is that an on. advantage, Joe, in a fight that uh, you haven't actually felt your fingers uh, for about 15 minutes? Like, you think that adds? <laughs> you know what? I would have thought that going in, but as soon as you connect with someone's jaw, the jaw is very hard. It's a yeah, hard bone. Mm-hmm. Um, you def- it reverberates. It's like you ever uh, play baseball in like March weather. Yes. Oh, when you make a good contact. And the bat, bat, bat hand rattles your band. Yeah, that yeah. stings. Exactly. It stings the hands. You need batting and, gloves on. I should have been better, well prepared, you know? And you got to make that quick decision not to yelp out like in pain from like, ah, oh, I hurt my hand punching your jaw. Like that bat just rattled my hand. Like you got to be like, oh, that's something you guys got to swallow inside. Yeah, when you're an adult, you can't call timeout during a middle right. of a fight. <laughs> now, work. fighting outside in the cold, that's kind of like fighting in hockey. It's, it's a whole different thing. You got to be able to keep your balance, you know? There's layers involved, and it's just, you know, there's, there's a lot of elements involved. I, remember I tell that story, like, in Minnesota, I was in one time, and the two idiots were fighting outside. They're about to fight outside, and the guy goes, oh, you want to do this? Let's take this inside then. And they went, <laughs> <laughs> it was so cold. Like, well, let's take this inside because this is crazy out here. I mean, obviously, we'll lose, we'll lose $800 worth of clothing if we fight out here. You know, had <laughs> I known they were going to ban me layers. from the bar for life, I would have started the fight inside. Yeah, I mean, you should, that, that'd be the way to do it. Bring it back. In. Just and then you guys would have joined forces versus the staff because then the, the staff's not taking sides at that point. He's against he's against both fighters. That's kind of like I've quiet quiet man style, right? Like we're yes. like you know they they go bar to bar and then the other bars are just against both. Listen, I don't care what you idiots are fighting over. Get it out of here. A quiet man reference on a podcast. I love it. That's great. Yeah, well, with the, <laughs> only with loved, the Irish Rose, sure. Good movie. I've always loved uh, lifetime bands. Because they're, they're quick to happen, you know? <laughs> yeah. And there's, have you ever, like, thought about how difficult it is, year to year, staff turnover to staff That's turnover, what turnover, to actually enforce a lifetime ban? But there's pictures are up there sometimes. That's why you have to have the picture of the new stuff. Okay, here's the keys to the new office. You're going to love this neighborhood. Oh, by the way, never let this man inside <laughs> your building. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the onboarding right, process. Right, exactly. <laughs> there was a bar once that opened not too far from me where on the, it was brand new. The bar used to be called Nick's before, and then it became mm-hmm. a bar like Jay's or something. And they had a sign that said, if you were not welcome at Nick's, you were not welcome <laughs> at Jay's. <laughs> we respect. It's like when a new government board. Right. We respect the previous administrations. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Listen, we, we talked to Nick, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and he warned us about a few of you guys. We're going to try to pull one over. Joe, what I would this. love is, because it's no longer Yoxie's, it uh, was purchased. It's a new bar. I don't know what it. Or, or did it rebecome Yoxies again? What's it called now? Durnos. I would love for you to go in there and just be like, "How you doing? Uh, happy day." Um, <laughs> I was banned for life by the previous ownership. <laughs> I'm just wondering if I could enjoy a right. beer. <laughs> I should. See how they react to that? Oh, I got to do that because I, I go buy it all the time because I still go to Galway. Because they, they, yeah. it was for no reason. You explain your case. You, you, you're doing your action when you told the story in the recording we just heard uh, from the live Blackout Diary show. You do, you do one of my favorite things where we just where we don't take any response for no reason whatsoever. These guys say you just said you were going to kill that guy out loud in front of <laughs> our patriots. I'm going to fucking kill you. And then you smashed our popcorn machine. No reason whatsoever. But that was after you said I got to go. <laughs> you know, I didn't so hit the, you're yeah, free roll then. Yeah. 
I still feel justified, and I won't be uh, wrong. I'm sorry. We're on your side. Thank you. I love. Uh, I, so. I love how that was your uh, bucket list victory to your tour, which you've come back to Chicago, by the way, because that was right. That happened right before you're about to move to Los Angeles. Yeah, and, and I moved like, back three and a half years later. Anyway, and I, I just love what it was. I'll never see you assholes yeah. again. I'm burning this place to the ground. It's just getting a dub fight from bar to bar. That's what that means. I do love the realization where it's like. Wait a minute! I don't give a fuck about this place. I'm never yeah. coming back here again. Fuck all of you! You just it's start mean. scorched earth, you know. It's very liberating. Yeah, when you know, <laughs> when you know, I'll never step foot in this fucking place again. I like to, to say it's those, establishment. My Mm-hmm. We used to call those exits embassy evacuations, <laughs> where you're just like, we're never coming back. Right. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how we leave. We just got to leave, you know? <laughs> yeah. Quick exit. Real quick about this fight, just before, before we move on, because um, it was one of those out, it was an outside fight in the snow and coals. And there's like, it's when the whole bar lets out there, the late night bar. People are waiting for cabs and Ubers. So there's like 50 people out there waiting, and they said, and then and then you said you felt the the collection of where everyone's just turning against both of you. Like, Look at these idiots! What are they doing? I just like them going through them. No one's really bothered or even watching anymore. It's kind of like just like two animals like on by your feet or kids, whatever. Like it's like you're hitting feet. Oh, all right, come on, that's that's enough. Did you well, you felt so you felt that like everyone was just like, okay, idiots, what are you doing? Well, I felt it's at the start of it. He had a bigger group, and there was girls with his group. And they immediately were screaming, stop, this is great, you know, yelling right. stuff. Then I did feel the crowd form. And I thought I was starting to win them over <laughs> until I hit the move, the, the DDT. Because yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a move where collectively they were like, holy shit, like I right. say in the joke. And I, I really did feel them turn on me then. Because I remember when I had, because when you have the person in the headlock, you can make eye contact with all the people who are forming the circle. Yeah, it's the beauty of it. That's why it's for theatrical wrestling. Exactly. <laughs> Not to be I dropped on a move, sheet of ice. I went from heel to, I went from face to heel very quickly. They went from, this guy's the shit. We love this guy. Yeah. The This guy needs to be locked up. Someone call somebody. <laughs> and it was way too long of a street fight. Street fights are right. usually like, 90 seconds tops mm-hmm. we were going into like th- a third round it was crazy yeah, there, was, there was breaks there i remember at one point involved. thinking who works at this bar could someone come out here and stop <laughs> this for the love of god <laughs> we all want to go home i think right i know <laughs> You, of course, have no no ability to stop it yourself. You know? No, that's the problem. You can't do that. You have to you rely on it. someone breaking it up. In. I'm locked in. And at that point, I didn't have children yet. I was just mm. newly married, so I didn't get the weight of it yet. You know, I'm like, yeah, we're married. I don't think it's serious, but yeah, we're married. You know, yeah, you were new. You were newly married, but also uh, newly fresh loss of the ring. So you, you that was your first foray into losing a wedding ring. What, what number of wedding ring are you on right now? By the way, I'm on number three. Number three. Okay. That's number two is not a good story. I think I just lost it playing softball or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing like I said, I, 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 I say that these bars in ba- in the bathrooms with their vending machines with like condoms and like sex toys things, they should have wedding rings for guys <laughs> for like a couple bucks in there. You know, you go in there, you're going to lose one out there. So get another one and uh, put it out, get back in there. Sean's on number I five, I believe, right? I don't even know what number I'm on. It's, it's at least five. Um, yeah, I, I, I lose them um, like keys. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know what to compare. When you first got it, it was a new toy. You would spit them into drinks and like spin them around, yeah. like it always doing fun things with it. I'm also like, uh, you know, between sunscreen and everything else, I'm just a slippery person, you know? Um, I, like I, I do a lot of night swimming, you know? Like So there's just a lot of ways that like rings can lo- leave my body without me knowing it. Yeah, you're very fluid. You're very, you're, 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 you're like ninety five percent water. Everyone else is like eighty, whatever it is. You're, you're, you're pure liquid. I like, like your oh. idea, CJ, though, because this ring cost me about five bucks. Five dollars. 
some wish.com or some knockoff website. So <laughs> that's your that's your site, right? That's they fake the sell fake your I don't know if your wife has done the same metamorphosis on rings that mine has, but you know, we both my I, I think you were the same as me, Joe. Like my initial ring was surprisingly expensive for a man's wing. It, I think like you, it had a, like this Celtic band and uh and then each ring after that, like by the end of it, she's like, I just want you to have some sort of ring on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care where you found it, you know. <laughs> right. Just wear something. You wearing a we all wear a lot of things, I think, that say that tell the tell the world that you're not on your own. This is uh, someone who's uh, not not trying to attract anything else. Is <laughs> a married man. Something like a lot. If it's not the face, or whatever. The wish.com for the other bachelors who might be losing rings. Five dollar ring. That's a site you talk about, Joe. Right? You get like fake Jordans on there, but it's like spelled with a G. Yeah, that's like you get a lot of <laughs> Wait, cool knockoff stuff. I'm sorry. Wish.com. Okay. Yeah, you get a lot of knockoff things that kind of look like the part, you know. But then there's that nice. slight difference. Like, yeah, Michael Jordan's not spelled with a G. Yeah, they have like a Nicole Jordan or something like that. There's always some weird little. <laughs> yeah. Because you look I at it at first glance, and you're like, oh, this is great. Awesome. And then you zoom in and you're like, oh, this is terrible. This is like mm-hmm. the, you know, the sweatshop workers who were about to do a, re- a revolt and the products just came out bad. <laughs> they still need to move that merch, though. So you got to move that merch. So the Irish Joe Rose, you know, you've calmed down from your fight. You used to be known for Joe. Didn't you have a whole. Uh, Special on, on your fight stories, Joe fight, Joe fight Nights or something like that? I used to do a series of jokes that I called mm-hmm. Joe Kilgallen's True Fighting Stories. True, fights, true Fighting Stories, <laughs> right. You didn't put a show the, together like that? I meant to put the show. I, I still want to film like all of them together in one yeah, big thing. I agree. Like, that's something I talked about. Maybe that's a Blackout Diaries production could happen one day. Because um, I think it'd be perfect for doing it at the live Blackout Diaries Absolutely. show. Let's do it. Yeah, it's just, uh, it was one of those things. I think I started because there was a couple comedian friends of ours that were doing like these fake true Hollywood stories. Uh-huh. But then I'm like, well, I have true fighting stories. And it started, the first one was at a Kmart with my mom. That was a famous one that yes. I told on your old podcast, The Visitor's Locker Room. Yes. R- wait, remind me about this story. This is a good I mean, one. This, this, this is a, I mean, Kmart, that is a blast from the past. This is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. This tell was, the story again. I want to say I was like 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And my mom, I don't, I don't live with, you know, my parents were divorced, but I live with my dad and she needed me to go to Kmart with her because she was buying like a bookcase or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm hung over on a Saturday morning, you know, I'm 20 years old and I'm at the back of the car and my mom is the chatty lady who's always talking to people. That's Iris old. Jane, shout out to Iris Jane. Always, right? And yes. she must have thought the guy in front of her was done. And then she kind of pulled the cart forward prematurely. I was leaning on the back of it because I was so hungover. She was at the front of the cart. We're in the line, right? <laughs> he steps on the dude's foot and he turns around and starts like yelling at her uh-huh. uh, very aggressively and I, a really strong accent. And I, I, I joked I used to, in the joke, I used to say, I think he was Prussian. This is how much this guy sucks. His country is <laughs> And um, I just kind of... Russia was always starting wars. They were. We, were, mean, we, we just talked about that we recently. Yeah, about that the other day. Like it, uh, Every war that happened in Europe before the Nazis was, was the Prussians. Real but jerks as Prussians. And this guy was holding on to that, I feel like. I went right to the front, and I was just like, what'd you say? And he like, yeah, kind of yeah. gave me a shove, and then I, I popped him, and then we were knocking all the National Enquirers off because, you know, the magazine racks right there. And I think I hit him with some skittles, and it's real tight. So the point of the joke was yeah. like, such a tight corridor is I didn't know yeah. what to do. Um, and then I was able to slam him off the floor, and I said, sure. beautiful thing about cameras, they have a hard tile floor. So as I rolled him over, he was bleeding from the forehead. And this <sighs> part of the story is my favorite part, and it's true. 
Um, because the whole time my mom's stop, stop, she's screaming like a mom would, you know. Right. And I had I'm on top of the guy, and I look out of the corner of my eye, and this dude's wife, who who was large, she was a large lady, mm-hmm. she's gets this arm coming, and I see her about to blast me. So I go to brace. And then right when the impact should have happened, it didn't happen. I looked and my mom had knocked her to the ground. Oh, she was almost like a beautiful mother. family story. You picked me up off the train track before the train came. <laughs> I feel like this lady was going to blast me. And my mom oh, just shoved her over. You thought she was gone in this movie. And she comes back, yeah. returns scene. You didn't think I'd let my idiot yeah. son get <laughs> embarrass himself by himself. Did you? <laughs> yeah, we chest bumped, you know, we had a steak yeah, there. Absolutely. That night. We won. We, we were tag team champions of the Kmart. Um, so yeah, don't fuck with us. But yes, yeah, this guy, uh, did he complete his checkout after getting his ass kicked? I don't think he did. I think he took off because when security did show up, um, he left pretty quickly and the cashier had our back because I guess he was giving the cashier shit. Yeah, and that's why my mom was I mean, like an angry man that escalates problem, pretty right. quickly. Yes. That yeah. would have been fun, though, if he continued the transaction. And you probably would have allowed that. All right, that's over with. Let's do, do uh, let's finish our day and do the transaction. rob the man. He right. still deserves his change. <laughs> sure, I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's early 2000s, you know? Because we were saying that, like, uh, bar fights, I mean, obviously it's because we got older, but bar fights don't really tend to happen as much, we think, like, in the bars we go to anymore. Not because we're older, but, like, I don't know. There's someone with that gentlemanly fight and then show up and have a drink, like quiet man style, you know, and uh, shake hands afterwards and almost like that. You know, it's just, I don't know what it is. It's just, uh, I think bars uh, just don't allow. I mean, I don't know. Maybe people are just different. You know, it's funny, CJ, you were saying now that I'm older, I've calmed down and I was agreeing with you. But then I thought to myself, as you said, there are bar fights anymore. The last two fights I've been in I've, were one in 2018 and one in 2019. They were both in bars. One was after the Laugh Factory Christmas party. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> which is always a shit show. Yeah, yeah we bo- went to Big City Tavern afterwards. Yeah, yep. which is guy. also a shit. <laughs> yes, it is. A <laughs> right, big yeah. you're going to fight if you're doing that for sure. This guy what got happened in, there. Um, Did some comic just bump into the wrong person and then? No, it wasn't quite like this. This guy who open, I guess we open bar to Christmas party is what happens. Yeah, that's what happened. I mean, yeah, that, you parlay that into you know. I was getting ready to leave, and I noticed this guy. I was starting to put my coat. And I was I was feeling terrible at that point. I drank too much, ate too much. And this guy was giving shit to this girl, Angelia, who was a Laugh Factory waitress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of like, and, and at the time, I guess I could say this was a good was a girlfriend of a good friend of mine. Um, so I was kind of I had like that thing where it's like, that's my buddy's girl, dude. You yeah, know? sure. And so he called her a name or something. And I'm like, what the fuck did you say? And then he said not something. In front of, not in front of Joey doesn't. Yeah, he got some lift towards me, and he, he pushed Joe, the bartender at Laugh Factory, who everyone loves. Joe Lozal, ah, great guy. Yeah, sure. But then I just shoved the dude into one of those high-top bar tables, and he went into that and knocked it over, and drinks went everywhere. And then he got up, and I think someone he knew came towards us, and then it became like a melee. And the funny part about it, it's not really that funny, but this comedian, Todd Massey, he got up to be like, oh, I'm going to have Joe's back, too. Immediately slipped on one of the spilled drinks and tore his ACL. <laughs> oh, he literally man. tore his ACL. I, 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 I like. I, Can't I like. Even clock in. I like adult non-athlete ACL tear stories. By the oh, way, they're always like things like that. How'd you tear your ACL? Returning a kickoff hundred yards? No, no, no. I uh... slipped on a gin and tonic. 
Yeah. <laughs> he did. But it doesn't even take that much. I have a buddy who, um, like, they're like, you're going to, you know, he had to have surgery, and they're like, you're going to need to do, like, five years of reconstruct or uh, physical therapy if you ever want to play basketball again. And I'm like, oh, so it was a basketball injury? He's like, no, I, uh, my neighbor said hello, and I turned around too quickly to wave to him. <laughs> and it slipped three <laughs> yeah, discs sure. in his back or something wow. like that. <laughs> I, because you just, as you get to a certain age, your body it can't move unexpected. Right. Like you can't just you just can't surprise your body oh. anymore. If I coughed and sneezed at the same time, I'd be out of commission for about two years, I think. <laughs> oh, I'd me be, too. It'd be Tommy John surgery rehab timetable coming back. <laughs> 18 months. <laughs> that occurred, yeah. And I'll come back better than ever, maybe. Who knows with the technology, but. Oh, what I noticed about bar fights, though, is not a lot of punches get thrown. That's very rare because the other fight I got into, I was the only guy invited to and attending Megan Gailey, very funny comedian who I'm sure you'll have on this podcast at some point. Mm-hmm. I was at her bachelorette party. I was the only guy at the bachelorette party and I ended up acting like security because we went to one of those nightclubs where she had like bottle service and the area was roped off. And you know, those at, at nightclubs where people are like, they're sitting on top of the couch. So their feet are basically where your butt's supposed to go. Yeah. Sitting mm-hmm. out like sitting like that, you know, Megan and a couple of the other sure, uh, sure. girls were and this guy like, snuck into our roped off area and the bottle girl who's like five one 80 pounds she's trying to tell him hey you got to get out of here and he's doing this whole i can't hear you what do you i'm sorry it's so loud what do you mean i can't hear you like but he could he could hear you know what i mean i mean you can figure it out it's time for the irish rose the night to come to come to the rescue so then i stepped up and was like buddy you got to go and he Mm -hmm. kept doing i can't hear you thing and earlier in the evening, I was telling uh, Lisa Traeger and um, Kara Clank that I've really mm-hmm. calmed down as a parent now, and <laughs> you know, I've got two kids now, so I've yes. really chilled out and all this. And I remember, really, I was de-escalating. I was like, buddy, you got to mm-hmm. go. This is her bachelorette party. It's a big night. There was people flow it, flew in from all over the country. You know, and he's like, I, I don't understand, like, as he's holding drinks that he stole. And then I, I kind of, I glanced over at Lisa and Kara and they gave me a look like, no, you can, it's okay. We, won't, we want you to. <laughs> we and want that, old Joe back for one mo for five minutes. Let's get old Joe back. Yes. I grabbed him by the collar and just threw him and I had leverage because he was sitting up behind, you know, yeah, he, and didn't, he, he went across the too, thing yeah. and they looked at me like you were justified. You were justified. They were like, so <laughs> you Joe, you, um, <laughs> this weekend I was hosting while you were working on a set that is going to be recorded uh, in October, right? In New York. So October this should 1st. air before that. So tell our listeners um, when you're planning this. What recording. day? October 4th? October 1st. It's First. Saturday night. It'll okay. be at the gutter in Brooklyn where they do Community Should Know New York. And tickets yes. are available at CYSKNYC.com. Uh, and it's going to be two shows, right? Yes. 8 o'clock um, and 1015. Yeah, so definitely do check that out. Uh, Joe, you also have your own podcast, right, where they can hear these kind of stories on a weekly basis. Uh, let them hear about that as well, please. It's called the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, and it's basically similar to this. I just All the conversations you'd have with your friends at the pub, I try mm-hmm. to recreate those and just talk about anything and everything. Beautiful. That's amazing. Well, Joe, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, always uh, love to have you on the show. And uh, we'll get a date for uh, this live recording of Joe Kilgowan's uh, True Fighting Tales. Yes, that, we got to make that a thing. Yeah, and of course, October happen. 1st in Brooklyn at the uh, Got it. Do you have a title for that special you're going to record yet? Yeah, Good Grief. Yes. Good love grief. Good grief. Yep. You can take a real and reflective inside look at your Irish traumas. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> I get vulnerable, everybody. That's the new thing in comedy, getting vulnerable. I know. It's the worst. It ends, it's very Irish. <laughs> it ends on about 20 minutes of death. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, Joe Gogown, thank you. We'll be back after this in the Blackout Diaries. 
Thank you. And we're back at the Blackout Diaries. I'm Sean Flannery with CJ Sullivan, and today we were talk. We are talking about drunk fighting. Yep. And uh, CJ Yoon found a couple studies on why we get in fights, or yeah. at least why scientists think we might get in fights when we become drunk. Yeah, alcohol definitely makes you more aggressive. That's no no way around that. <laughs> it, it makes you more aggressive, and what some of these studies are showing, which is is kind of fascinating, is. That's a compounding factor that it makes you more aggressive. Right. It's not, I mean, that's the end result, but it's not because of alcohol just makes you more aggressive. Exactly. You know, it's, it's more that you kind of totally misread every situation. Yeah, you just miss social cues and environmental cues. I mean, I mean in, in, <laughs> so like if you get provoked, you know, you're, you're going to take the bait because you're not mm-hmm. thinking of consequences, you know. Mm-hmm. You're just like... So that leads to the angry reactions. Usually, you just shrug things off. You're like, "Oh, okay, whatever," because you're, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to ruin your night and everyone else's night around you because <laughs> some guy bumped into you by accident, which happens in a tight quarters. Yeah. But when you're drunk, you just rise to the bait, and then like next, you know, you're, you're just, not you're not predicting consequences. You know, you're not doing consequences, and you're misinterpreting other people's behavior too. Like you're all of a sudden you're thinking he did it on purpose. <laughs> He's like, you know, a guy's got three glasses in his hand. He's just trying to sneak by, and you're thinking, "Whoa, you obviously did this on purpose," because you're, you know, you're not as smart. Obviously, you're not as smart, and like one of the the things that actually happens is like your cerebral cortex, which is the part of your brain mm-hmm. which is in charge of reading facial expressions, yeah. is is greatly diminished by alcohol <laughs> so like you're, you're you're seeing menace where there there is no menace and yes. i've always wondered like this is not this is us speculating uh, i haven't read a study on this but i wonder if like women's capacity for reading facial expressions and emotions is like just so much better than ours that even when drunk they're better because haven't you ever noticed that like like you'll have a friend who's like do you see what that guy did to me? Like, I'm going to fuck him up. And, like, like, every woman is like, he's not your enemy. Right. <laughs> like, it was an accident. Like, they're still correctly assessing the situation. Sure. Well, they're always on the lookout. And we're not on the lookout. Here's another thing with the science of it, Sean. Because alcohol makes your brain relaxed, you know? Yes. Makes you, makes you, makes you more calm. It slows it down. Right. It slows it down. And so what's happening, actually, is the alcohol is beginning to suppress activity in your brain associated with the you know inhibition. So any warning signs that things are going to be bad are unlikely to work. So you find yourselves in confrontational and even dangerous situations that you just kind of just stumble yourselves into. <laughs> I did. Uh, I'll tell you a story. When I was uh, in high school, we used to go to this uh, under twenty one club <laughs> on Sunday nights or whatever sanctuary or something. It was so gross and. Uh, South Jersey, but you would go there because you know that's where you would drink, you know, and you could go because you didn't have to be twenty. Would you get drunk before? You, yeah, I mean, you get drunk. You get drunk before, you, so you couldn't necessarily get alcohol there, right? But, but you, you would, would, everybody showed up drunk. Everyone was hammered, and you and yeah. people would sneak things in, whatever it was. Sure. It was just, just a place to go under twenty one. And uh, <laughs> I go up, I show up late, and uh, you know it's a packed club, and I'm doing my, I do my, you know, introductory lap, see what's going on around there. My group of friends were in the middle, and unbeknownst to me, they were already. I guess that words or something with another group of uh, fucking group of guys, you know, that were over on the other side. 
And I had no idea. I didn't. I, I had no idea they were enemies. <laughs> I came up. I came after after uh, beer bonging. You know, six natty lights in a parking lot. I got a nice smile. And I'm walking around. Feeling great. Feeling feeling absolutely fantastic. And actually, you know, I'm uh, I'm getting boxed in as in a tight quarters by these guys, and like where I can't you know move left right. I'm like, oh okay, hey hey guys, what's you know what's going on? And actually, you know, one of the guys sucker punches me, and I had no idea. Whoa, okay, and I kind of just like dance my way out of there. All right, okay, this is not a good situation. You know, I wasn't gonna. <laughs> Get in a fight there, so I danced my way out. And I danced back, danced my way back to my friends. I'm like, yeah, I just got uh, snuck, sucker punched yeah. there. But go, oh, it goes, oh yeah, we don't like those guys, and they don't like us. We, oh, we don't. <laughs> when, when were we going to tell me before I went over there? Because uh, we didn't get hit. I just got hit. <laughs> but I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, we don't like them. I, I love. The whole vernacular and universality of of bar fight dialogue, like mm-hmm. like like one of the, like we were talking about this with Joe. No one thinks they started a bar fight, right? You know, or people <laughs> yeah. with long histories of fight. I, Mind I never, my own business. I never caused fights. <laughs> never caused fights. Yeah. You know. I like what Joe even said. He said, for whatever reason, the bartender's kicking me out now. <laughs> whatever he thought. I always love that yeah. too. With. Like I, I had a buddy uh, where that happened too, where like the bar is like we're calling the cops. He's like, great, mm-hmm. sure, call the cops. I would love, I would that, love yeah. for you to we'll call the cops. Bring out the tape. It's like, what are you doing? Like, I'll wait right here. Your buddy who's in this situation, mm-hmm. like, we need to leave. All right there. Did you not hear? They're calling the cops. He's like, cops are going to agree with me. I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> cops are never a good situation. First of all, it's like they would be around for that. Like, they're... <laughs> when have you ever heard of the cops showing up and going, you know what? The property owner was wrong. The sober property owner was yeah. wrong. I disagree with the taxpayer. The guy who calls us four times a week at his place. <laughs> We've got in this establishment. Um, yeah, we're- hasn't been drinking in a field <laughs> since noon. He's the one that's wrong. You're right, you know. Or they're yelling like the const. They'll yell about like the Constitution. Oh, any any time any time a drunk yells, they know their rights. That means they don't know their rights. <laughs> I know my. You can't do that. Okay, we don't know your rights, but whatever. <laughs> exactly. And they also like the other thing. It, it was funny. Uh, I thought about this when Joe was leaving. Where he said uh, this other comic gave him the advice: you should tell a, a fight story that you lose. He's like, "Well, I haven't lost one yet." Mm-hmm. Probably true for Joe, but but then at the same time, like that's the other funny thing is everyone thinks they want a bar. Like, I'll, I'll, like my brothers will show up black eyes sometimes. Yeah, in bar absolutely. But, you should. Well, I won. He, you see the yeah, yeah. You should see the other. Guy. Yeah, he was bleeding. If one thing happens, I caught him that one time though, so I won that fight. If, at the very least, we're square. <laughs> that one. <laughs> oh man, that uh, was Joe's. I should have asked Joe when he was in there. Because did, did they have? I'm trying to think if they had that punching machine. There was some in that in, in Yaxies. You know, a machine where you. They didn't have it in Yaxies. You know what bar they used to have it in in Chicago was that 4 a.m. bar on Armitage. Called oh uh, gamekeepers like, and or gamekeepers. yes, yes yeah used, yeah and yeah, I used yeah, to yeah. think I was like this is the worst idea they say like, you, you just you're ginning up dudes 
getting them to punch this. Like the adrenaline is just going up even more. Right. You know. They say John Taffer will have I'll tell you this. That's how everyone that's how everyone knows that. But like that is the worst thing in the world to have your bar. Just like just having bros punch this fucking metal machine <laughs> as hard as you can. And, and that sound is just making it's it's oh, like so God, random. It's atrocious. Like, just, you know, like what is going on over there? There's that sound and the sound of golden teeth. Some dude just spinning a ball, spinning that ball. And you just get out of that bar as soon as you hear that fucking noise. It's nothing but violence can come from that. Such, I, mean, I just, oh god, I can't even comprehend why they, why any bar would have that in there. I um, I meant to tell you this. Uh, I had a conversation with our buddy Nolan, who owns Galway Bay. Yes, which you guys were drinking at Galway Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, before you went over to Yahtzee's, where Joe lost his. Correct, wedding. correct. That's usually the. Uh, Usually a two-team parlay there. That's the Go- itinerary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Galway till the, Galway till they can't stand you anymore, and then we go fine. We'll go over to Yoxies. <laughs> but he, uh, like around that same time, he got in a fight mm-hmm. uh, at Galway. Nolan did and lost his own wedding ring in that same area outside. Same. Wow. So it's like a Bermuda Triangle. Maybe we should have. They should have a metal detector on the sea in that closet then. <laughs> There's nothing like looking for a wedding ring in that snow outside. We we lasted 45 minutes and we went right back inside, go away for a drink. Um, so sh- so Nolan lost his wedding ring. In he outside? lost his wedding ring fighting actually who we were talking about earlier, Kiyoki and him. Kiyoki, co-workers and dear friends. Kiyoki, great, right. great man, Kiyoki, the Hawaiian, the pacifist Hawaiian. <laughs> always has a black guy. Kiyoki every time you see him. always has a black guy, and he never <laughs> the most peaceful. Nicest guy, you know, hippie almost. If he can, he's a pacifist, yeah. but he also starts. I guess you know, doesn't like people like because that's what I think. That's what Galway does to him. I think. I think Galway just makes you that surly Irish where you just don't like people, and you know, yeah. whatever late night drink. So, yeah, he's but always he gets in these fights, but he's a pacifist, so he doesn't hit back. He never punches back. He's got a that, that's Galway based <laughs> punching uh, device. Their punching device, right? Karaoke. Yeah, he's, he's free. Kaoki. He's free charged. I remember he got in a fight. We were like, fight. and the guy hitting him was telling him to hit back. He's like, no, I refuse, you asshole. I'm still talking <laughs> shit to him. And so the guy's just punching him in the face. He's really what I was until he until he got bored of it. You know, like we got tired. <laughs> And he'd always just wake up, the, you know, he'd come in the next day working, and he's just got huge shiners. Like, Jesus, Kiyoki, at least <laughs> defend yourself. If not, that's not anything, if you're not going to fight back. Nope, against, against my philosophy as well. <laughs> <laughs> he, he'd be, like, saying, like, little, like, you know, like Zen Buddhist things to him. Like, this, <laughs> while getting punched. Right, while getting punched. Like, what are you real? Who are you really hitting? Like, what is this? <laughs> Because he's in this fight because he was acting like an asshole. <laughs> right. That's, a, that's the Galway in it. <laughs> um, one of my favorite, like one of the most Chicago things I've heard, I, I did not see this. I think you actually saw it. Uh-huh. I met up with you later in the day was um, Cassidy, who also drinks at yes. Galway Bay. He's a very tough guy, f- former cop, former MMA fighter. Former like, cop, you know, MMA fighter. Looks like, dude. looks the part, too, of a badass. Like, fucking. He would be like a guy you would. Like, uh, like if he shows up at a bare knuckle boxing tournament, mm-hmm. like the odds change. Like, you know? like, like you're like, <laughs> right. okay, this this guy is a yeah, wild card. Absolutely, great guy, but you wouldn't want to fight him. But anyways, I guess like uh, I love that one story where like uh, some guys running his mouth at the bar, just laying into everyone, and they get they get him outside, and Cassidy's outside with his girlfriend. Yes, uh, 
at the time, who was also an MMA fighter. She's yeah, also a tough, tough cookie. You you, you take over the story from here. I'm trying to remember. What was, you saw it. <laughs> well, so I think he starts running his mouth. Yeah, he's again. running. Cassidy, yeah, he's running his mouth. Cassidy's Cassidy's Cassidy. Like, I can't Cassidy. Hit this guy. Like, I'll, I'll, exactly. I'll kill him. Cassidy's like, yeah. I would literally kill him. He's done so that. He goes to his floor. girlfriend. He's like, I forget her name, but like, let, let's just say it was Maureen. He's like, Maureen. Will you please knock yeah, this yeah, asshole out? Knock this out. <laughs> she punches him out. In the middle of the street. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of diversity. <laughs> but out there, that's like one of the most Chicago things. She said, she said, he said something like, finally, that pissed Cassidy off. We're like, all right, fine. You know what? Like, I wasn't going to do it. I was going to let you go. <laughs> but, but Monica... Go knock his fucking ass out. She was like, thank you. And she went over and, and she went over and fucking knocked the guy out. It was right amazing. Most, broad daylight, right? In the middle yeah, yes. Like this was, that was a, a Sunday. It was an afternoon. Yeah. And it's just business and normal. Like people are walking over this guy with his gro with their groceries. Right. You know. Uh, just got knocked out by a woman on like one of the busiest streets in Lincoln Park. Oh man. That was hilarious. That yeah, that was uh there's a there's a weird place for, for um, there's not too many fights there where there should be. I think it's just because it's because it's almost so chaotic. It's almost self policing. Thinking of Galway uh, Bay, Galway, yeah, Galway Bay. Yeah, I would um, I would agree with that. Also, like all the bartenders look scary as hell. <laughs> so you're like, right. well, like even if even if I beat you in a fight, fellow customer, what was the? I uh, think these bartenders might kill us both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, do we really want to do this? And they're already punching each other. They're mutilating themselves. <laughs> like, like they're like those guys. Like these guys are beating themselves up. Who knows what the fuck's going on? You guys are crazy. What was the story where uh, uh, Nolan got in a fight with a flat Earth guy recently at Galway Bay? Nolan was like the third staff member to get in a fight with this guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I kind of like this guy. <laughs> to be honest with you, <laughs> Nolan actually had an update that he told me about. Like, so there's two things that are very funny about this. I guess he's like this flat Earther, uh -huh. but that's not why they fight him. Right? It's no, of course a, not. Why do you always fight anyone at a bar? He's an ass. Right? He won't he's, shut he's, up. He's just, Sometimes people get hit just to shut up. I know. I remember Joe told a story where. Like, he was so drunk, his you know, and his wouldn't shut up, being so you know obnoxious that his friends pretty much knocked him out just for his own good. Like, listen, just so we can hang out with you, we're gonna have to just so we can enjoy it. Yeah, right? It's like giving a kid a sleeping pill or something. Exactly. Um. Yeah, and then on the converse, though, you see like some like maybe like uh, kids of privilege who just like almost had the misfortune of never getting in a fight. Not right. So they like just talk like there's no consequences, mm -hmm. and I guess this flat earther is like that. And he's also he's a he's a top to bottom conspiracy theorist. So he's like not only is he saying the earth is flat and arguing I mean, imagine just having a drink, trying to unwind, and a guy's <laughs> ridiculing you for believing in a spherical <laughs> <laughs> And I guess he's just barking at everyone. He also right. thinks like Trump won the election. Sure. Like, Anything that'll stick. Yeah, no. uh, um, the new 5G uh, internet uh, cell phone <laughs> bandwidth causes right. cancer. I mean, everything. It, like, like it's, you know. And people just can't handle him, so they cut him off because he's also like, like super drunk. Mm -hmm. I guess um, he steals one of the bartender's drinks, or the bartender tries to give it to one of the customers. He steals it. He gets like slapped by a bartender. <laughs> then he walks behind the bar. Gets punched by a bartender. All right. Yep. No. I don't now, usually don't. Now I guess a melee starts out because he's got other flat earther friends there. <laughs> and like this. And Nolan says like one of the funniest things. I guess Nolan used to have 
this giant mirror that was a spherical mirror of the earth, and this guy got his head put into it. <laughs> so a flat earther <laughs> gets his head put into the... <laughs> Sometimes you got to show them in order to, you know, yeah. if, if you're going to learn a lesson, like, listen. A lot of people learn tactile, you know, like they got to feel it, you know. <laughs> um, but, like, then the the melee spreads outside. Right. People get knocked out. Mm-hmm. I, I guess an ambulance shows up. This guy needs an ambulance, the flat earther, but he won't go in it because he thinks that's a Biden conspiracy <laughs> with uh, <laughs> bills and whatnot. Oh, he's man. threatening. He's saying he's going to own the bar. I always love that. I'm going to own this I'm going to own it. <laughs> You're lucky I don't like, sue this place. It's great. They, 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 yeah. Well, first of all, do you really want to own this place <laughs> after what just <laughs> happened? Like, like, do you really want this to be part of your portfolio? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to own this place. It's great. But I guess... Uh, uh, this is the update. I, ju- I just got this update uh, about an hour oh, ago. Right. I was, talk- I was yes. talking to Nolan. And uh, last week, uh, this dude is drinking in Galway Bay, and he's got an Irish accent. So Nolan, Nolan's from Ireland. He's talking him up. And um, he's like, yeah, I'm out I'm out on this. Uh, you know, I come in here all the time. Like, and Nolan's like, oh, yeah, I recognize you. But, yeah, anyways, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you today is I'm doing this gig uh, he's an electrician, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm installing like these outlets at this how- home, like in Lagrange or something. And uh, the owner was like, "Oh, you're from Ireland. You you ever drink at Galway Bay?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah. It's kind of one of my locals, you know." He's like, "Oh, well, I want you to I want you to give that pan- this pamphlet to to Nolan," and he puts it in an envelope, <laughs> and Nolan opens it up. It's a pamphlet for flat earth. It's like the Bible, <laughs> right? <or> whatever. <laughs> The guy's still trying to convert him. I don't know. That's amazing. well. I like that. I like his commitment there. Well, if I can't own the place, turns out, <laughs> can I, I at least... least like that spherical mirror to be replaced <laughs> with the flat Earth one? Right. Have <laughs> you ever heard like there? Like I, I know we're almost out of time here, but I guess so. Nolan actually sat down and listened to this guy. Like everyone else is like, like yeah. Like his, this guy's been punched out like three times, and like <laughs> no one's like, I actually want to hear what this. Like I, I, I want to hear how this works. Mm-hmm. You know the flat Earth. But I was like. Well, how do they explain gravity? You know, because gravity sure. is caused by all the mass, creates a circle. Like, you, you can only, I'm like, how do they explain gravity? And he's like, oh, they have an explanation. And their explanation is that what we call gravity is the flat disk we are on mm-hmm. is constantly moving up so fast. <laughs> okay. That, that like that like it's an like elevator. An elevator. Yeah, like, oh, with, like an elevator we can't jump off of. Oh, okay. That's, that's fun. It's, apparently, like every everything, it, it's hilarious. is there an is there an end to the flat? Like I told me, can you look over the edge? <laughs> no, I think they believe that there's like these. So I think what they think is the North and South Pole are like these polar like fences that we can't get past. Oh, all right, I like that. Yeah. So uh, fascinating, and I guess when you're drunk, back to your original point about science, your brain is like. I think these strangers want to learn about it. <laughs> <laughs> the perpetually accelerating disc we live on. I hope he. Does. I hope. Should, I hope Nolan does let him have a weekly meeting or a monthly meeting there to, 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 to go from being carted out in an ambulance, saying "I'm going to own this fucking place," <laughs> to that being your yeah, new to at, le- right, to at least let me have the Tuesdays of the first Tuesdays of the month. <laughs> 9 p.m. <laughs> well, we're going to do that. Let's pitch that as part of the oh, Blackout man. Anyway, that's going to do it for I've the, been uh, Sean Flannery. That's C.J. Sullivan. Thank you again for Joe Kill Gowan. Hold on. Now, uh, d- yeah, do some plugging now, Sean. Do the thing that you think does not mean anything. <laughs> 
You actually locked up, so I thought you fell offline. So I was just going to close up myself. Oh, all right. You're back there. Yeah, you locked up on my computer. That's but, funny because um, you locked so I, up I, on mine. You mean in the studio we locked up? Don't forget. We locked up here. Yeah. We we uh, we locked up. The Earth was accelerating too fast. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Someone was listening, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was just going to plug our live show every Friday, 10 p.m. at the Lincoln Lodge. Anything you want to say, CJ? No, nah, just follow you. Follow on the old handles: Instagram, CJ Sullivan was taken, or Twitter, Twitter at CJ Sullivan, whatever. All those things is uh, because we never know when these these shows are coming out, so there's no need to plug dates or anything because this could come out years from now, come out tomorrow. Who knows? No, we don't getting, know. We're getting ready to launch, but anyway, that's another episode of the Blackout Diaries. Thanks for. Uh, sharing with us reading with us thanks for listening and like and subscribe we'll talk to you in a week that sounds good A podcast network.